This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This show may contain strong language or adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. There is nothing wrong with your radio. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name's Ricardo. And my name is Sam. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. fair to say that jazz might just be the most misunderstood and maligned style of music to modern audiences, primarily the young audience. After all, the vast majority of music that most people encounter in their daily lives is based on some version of the popular music format that hasn't changed significantly since the 1950s, whereas jazz is in so many ways the antithesis of that format, a creature from a different evolutionary branch of music that plays by its own rules. So, what is the state of jazz music in the 2020s, and how is the next generation influencing that state? With any luck, tonight's episode will answer both of these questions as we look at the jazz rebels of the 21st century. And in a world where jazz grows less and less relevant by the year in the mainstream, Kamasi Washington is proving himself to be a pillar strong enough to support damn near the whole genre. In just a few short years, the LA-based saxophonist and bandleader has become renowned for his lengthy arrangements, impassioned playing, and the almighty grandeur of his music. When your debut album is nearly three hours long and called The Epic, I mean, message received. Despite his propensity for going on a bit, Kamasi never seems to be short of inspiration or material, which is no small miracle. He started 2022 off in fine form with his latest single at the time of recording, The Garden Path. I really can't say enough good things about the song, and since I'm about to play it for you, I suppose I don't really have to. Kamasi is really flexing his 70s jazz fusion muscles on this track, which plays into his Sun Ra meets Coltrane meets Funkadelic aesthetic beautifully.
As someone who isn't usually big into jazz, I have a fairly serious question for you, Ricardo. With how much so-called metalheads hate new metal, can the same be said of jazz fans and new jazz? Ooh, that's a bit sticky for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, I find it more interesting. To me, my biggest issue with the likes of free jazz is it's just too free. New jazz seems to have a bit more structure to it. And yeah, I know I like prog, but the insanity of prog is structured. Free jazz isn't. But yeah, new jazz, much better. And British band The Comet Is Coming take that whole new jazz thing and add in splashes of funk and psychedelic rock to make something that I didn't know I needed. And you know what would make that better? Add in some space rock, like on the song Space Carnival. It's just wonderful.
Shabaka Hutchings is one busy man. As well as being in The Combat Is Coming, who you just heard from, he's also a former member of jazz punk party animals Melt Yourself Down, the frontman for Shabaka and the Ancestors, and founder of Sons of Kemet. This last group specialises in percussion-heavy Afro-jazz, which helps it stand out from his other ventures. Indeed, the band consists of two drummers, a tuba player, and Hutchings on saxophone and clarinet. It would be quite the understatement to say that Sons of Kemet's 2018 record ruffled a few feathers. They called it Your Queen is a Reptile, and it proposes several black women who could make suitable replacements for a possibly reptilian Queen Elizabeth, ranging from revolutionary figures to social psychologists and political philosophers. Well, it's a good thing they got away from all that terrible controversy with their latest album. It's called Black to the Future and features a song called, check's notes, Pick Up Your Burning Cross. Oh, never mind.
feels kind of weird me talking about the good and not bad band that is bad bad not good this should be a ricardo thing but i think when he suggested i talk about them it was his way of making me listen to them more which is very sneaky and also very transparent i'm of two minds with these guys i mean i'll never call them bad bad they're just definitely more on the good good camp but it's their tendency to get a little free with their jazziness that both puts me off and somehow pulls me back in when most people do it i want to go to sleep but these guys have mixed enough into their style of music that it stays interesting weird but interesting and in no place is this more apparent than the song signal from the noise it's great great
Rachel Eckroth is an American singer, pianist, composer, and band leader, and recently her star has been rising in a big way. She is currently part of St. Vincent's touring band and has also performed alongside Derek Trucks, Katie Tunstall, and Rufus Wainwright, among many others. And all the while, Eckroth has maintained a band of her own, as well as a steady flow of albums and singles. 2021's The Garden was one of the year's great hidden gems in a year that was light on good jazz. The record was so named to reflect the diverse creative ecosystem that flowered from Eckroth's many musical adventures. 2022 is still pretty fresh, but she has already dropped three tracks that feature her latest powerhouse ensemble, including two former members of David Bowie's backing band. This next track is an excellent introduction to Rachel Eckroth and her passionate, eccentric compositions. From the Garden, this is Oil.
jazz is known for its endless creativity, and it's always nice to see people that make the most of that creative liberty. One such musician is James Zoo, a.k.a. Dutch jazz composer Mitchell Van Dinther. He describes his music as naive computer jazz, with naive in this context being natural and uncontrived. And why computer? Because some of these arrangements are insane. In practice, this makes for some seriously spellbinding compositions that are layered, energetic, and often very perplexing. His music is both carefully articulated and orchestrated, while still feeling haphazard and anarchic. It's a paradox, but the best kind of paradox, and one that James who somehow makes work. To celebrate the imminent release of his upcoming album via Flying Lotus's Brain Feeder Records, this is Bugatti Etude from the new record, Blind. Thank you. 
seems crazy to me that in the long history of jazz, it wasn't until 2011 that a jazz musician won the Grammy for Best New Artist. And I mean, you know how we feel about the Grammys, but still, it is saying something that Esperanza Spalding was somehow so good that the Recording Academy overlooked their apparent prejudice against jazz and chucked an award her way. Or four awards, apparently. Okay, so maybe they just really like her, and for good reason. She's an incredibly talented musician with an absolutely stunning voice. While her brand of jazz may be very modern, she's never strayed too far from that classic jazz sound. And with eight albums since 2006, she's doing her part at cementing her legacy as one of the greats of the 21st century. This is really very small. Galactica, one of my favourite good time jazz bands, and even though they've been going since the 90s, it would be a shame to leave them out of this very conversation. And that's because they've been able to reinvent themselves time and time again to move with the times. They started as a purely instrumental R&B band before diving into the alternative hip-hop boom period of the early 2000s and emerging out the other side as a hyper-versatile jazz-funk unit. 
Their recent work has even seen them return to their R&B roots, while also dabbling in cinematic work and pop to further prove their genre-hopping credibility. My favourite Galactic album is 2010's Ya Kame. It's a tribute to their hometown of New Orleans and attempts to represent the full breadth of its famous music scenes in a single record, which is fairly bloody ambitious, really. To accomplish this, the band travels through party funk, swampy swing, blues rock, and some very memorable appearances from the queer culture styles of sissy hop and bounce. And just as a small example of Galactic's ability to bring together past, present, and future, this next track features the late Louisiana R&B legend Alan Toussaint, and it is quite appropriately named after the Roman god of wine. From Yakame, this is Bacchus. Norwegian band Shining has had a rather interesting progression. They've steadily moved further and further from their jazz roots to the point that their most recent album bears almost no resemblance to their roots. But yeah, they started off as free jazz, then they got more experimental, added in the heavy, and a few albums later you had them at their peak weirdness in black jazz. 
it doesn't seem like black metal and jazz should even be able to fuse, but, well, Shining proved that it's not just possible, but pretty damn cool. It's just a shame that they weren't able to recapture the magic of 2010's Black Jazz since. So, from Black Jazz, this is Black Jazz Death Trance. Because when fusing two genres works, why wouldn't four?
And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you once again for tuning into the Outer Limit Frequency. And since you've enjoyed what we've done here today, please jump into your whatever your streaming service of choice happens to be. I'm not going to name any. Um, and you'll find plenty of our episodes there. You will enjoy them. And since you are coming back next week, yes, be sure to join us as we have a look at demos and alternate versions of album singles. Well, not necessarily singles, songs, album songs. That. See you then. Well, I guess that was an alternate version to an outro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. That works. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.